0: And you're listening.
1: And you're listening. You're
0: listening to Salmon. Salmon.
2: Salmon. 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 To Salmon Fest Radio. And you're listening to Salmon Fest Radio. We're your hosts, Satchel Pondolfino.
3: And Dave Eplen. Satchel, before we launch into this episode, we want to recognize whose land we're standing and sitting upon. We're recording today from Homer, Alaska, the traditional unceded land of the Danita people, we want to recognize their relationship with the land and the stewardship over the centuries that they've occupied this amazing place.
2: Salmon Fest radio episode, we serve you up a big stew of salmon that mixes our artists from 2019 Salmon Fest, both their onstage performances and some exclusive backstage conversations with salmon champions from around the state to really bring to light some of the most important salmon issues going on in Alaska today. What's our stew going to be filled with this week, Dave?
3: Salmon. Today we've got Ryan Schmidt playing with the
2: Sweet Lilies.
3: Yeah, the Sweet Lilies. We've also got an interview with a friend of ours from Bristol Bay, Lydia Olympic. And then we're going to do some jamming for salmon at the end with music recorded at the 2019 Salmon Fest in Nilchik, Alaska.
2: Well, before we go to Iggy Dave, I'd love to go back to the place that brings all us salmon lovers together. Ninilchik, Alaska, Salmon Fest 2019. We're going to slide into a song with the Sweet Lilies. You'll hear their sweet harmonies and be transported right there. And during this song, the Sweet Lilies will introduce our backstage band interview feature, Ryan Schmidt. And he's going to talk a little bit about his experience as a musician, but also as an Alaskan commercial fisherman.
1: A tree falls Dead on the ground I still don't know where I'll never hear the sound Life in shambles is no ways Still this comes and stillness goes But that window waiting for the bird but that marking will not
4: My name is Ryan Schmidt, and I was born and raised here in Alaska, Prince William Sound and Seward, and I've been to Salmon Stock maybe five or six times, and now it's Salmon Fest. Um, I commercial fish Bristol Bay and uh, all over the state, and I I smoke a lot of salmon, and I'm here today uh, sitting in with the Sweet Lilies from Colorado. So I guess we've been touring around for about a week. Started off in Juneau and went to the Haines State Fair. And uh, then had some dates here on the on mainland, Alaska. And I uh, introduced the song Pebble Avalanche to the band. And they, they thought it would be appropriate for this event. I, I thought I was going to be able to retire the song a few years ago. And uh, I thought we were winning the fight against Pebble it seems that we still have a long ways to go uh, with uh, Trump's EPA just loosening the uh, guidelines on clean water and uh, giving us a few setbacks. When all the good science says this is a really bad idea, you don't put the one of the world's largest mines, open pit mines, uh, right in the headwaters of the world's largest salmon fishery. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of lives at stake, there's a lot of jobs at stake and uh, there's a, an overwhelming number of people in the state who don't want to see this happen and for the people who do it's just business as usual and they'll just take and take and take until there's nothing left and we've, we've, seen, we've seen that before so um, yeah Pebble Avalanche is a tune I wrote maybe 5-6 years ago about this issue and uh, yeah it just talks about uh, respecting the sacred nature of this place and and the, you know the people and the and the fish that that depend on it.
2: Well, um, thanks for writing that epic song. It's a bummer it's out of retirement, but it's great. We have a lot of fantastic music in this fight to stop pebble mine. Um, this is probably an easy question for you, but why do you love Alaska?
4: I love Alaska for the. Big open spaces, and my whole family's here, and uh, I just uh, love being able to play music at festivals and and uh, be here with everyone. I like to fish, and you know, I like I like my way of life. I like my, my you know old four by four truck, and you know, being able to just use that uh, use all of my uh, skills to. To be here and and make my life uh, you know, healthy, and so for me, it's about my quality of life is depending on clean water, it depends on salmon, and all the money in the world. I mean, that doesn't mean anything if you if you don't have, you know, a safe place to be and good clean food to eat and uh, surrounded by a good community. So that's why I love it.
2: How do
4: you think we protect uh, the things we love about this
2: state? On a scale of 1 to 10? How, how, no, how would we, how, how would we do how that? How do
1: we? Yeah.
4: Well, uh, like I said from the stage, uh, something stuck with me years ago. It's The only antidote to despair is action. And I feel a lot of people in this state kind of in despair right now about the situation with our, our, our state government. And uh, Pebble and, you know, many other things. So I would say, take action, you know, do whatever little thing that you can. If it's boots on the ground, if it's, you know, a postcard, talk to people, educate yourself. Uh, just love each other and and try to be uh, a reasonable human being.
2: Nice. Um, have you played Salmon Fest before?
4: I have. I played here in 2014, I believe. Uh, it was as Aloha Bluegrass band. Nice, and that's uh, most most of my music can be found um, in all the normal channels uh, as Aloha Bluegrass. But
2: nice. Yeah. Um, how is Salmon Festival different than the other places that you played?
4: It's a festival devoted to fish. I don't think I've ever been to another one like it.
2: Um. So, do you have any? good fishing stories you'd like to share on the radio
4: <laughs> no not really
2: <laughs> not really <laughs> too embarrassing <laughs> um great so my last question is what gives you hope
4: oh what gives me hope is that we have a generation that's coming up that that understands uh, the planet is in peril and we need to do some things really quick to turn us around and just uh, one of the one of the other things that gives me hope is playing music and and my community and, you know, really it's my tribe. Um, And that all of this is what we make of it. So make it good.
3: Nice. That was really good.
2: Yeah, I liked what he said about the antidote to despair's action. It's true. And... If we are going to ensure clean water and healthy salmon and healthy communities for the long haul, it is going to take action from everybody. And that doesn't mean you have to go work for a nonprofit or join some huge movement. There's so many different ways we all can be a little piece of building the world we want to see, whether that be yeah, contributing to new, healthy, sustainable systems or stopping the bad projects that we know are completely in conflict with the things we value most.
3: You know, it's interesting what a emotional roller coaster Alaskans and people that care about Bristol Bay specifically have been on for 15, going on 20 years now. And to look back at when this interview was made back in 2019, we were in the middle of the latest chapter of this uh, ongoing battle. And it's great to take some... Comfort in the fact that all of those hands that were raised And all of the lifting that was done to protect Bristol Bay Made progress over a very challenging four-year period So we should acknowledge that right now That uh, we're in a much better position with Pebble Mine and Bristol Bay Than we were just three or four years ago
2: Yeah, or a year and a half ago
3: Or 45 minutes ago (laughs) A week ago And to have made it through that Mm -hmm. uh, and to be in a position to look toward permanent protection of the place is a terrific amount of progress, and we should be proud of that and just inspire us to keep moving forward.
2: And that progress was not made without the help of many voices of all sorts, including our creative voices like Ryan Schmidt. And let's move into hearing his song that he wrote to uplift Bristol Bay and remind people what's at stake. Here he is with his song, Pebble Avalanche.
4: I've been lucky enough to play with these fine folks for the last week or so around the state of Alaska. Having a blast. Uh, they're gonna let me do one of my songs up here with them. And uh, I'm just gonna say a real quick thing. One I, I once heard the only antidote to despair is action. So if you don't like what's going on with Pebble Mine, There's a lot of great booths out here. I saw commercial fishermen for Bristol Bay. I've seen many others. You can uh, do everything from buy fish to uh, sign a postcard. This next tune's called Pebble Avalanche, and I wrote this uh, when I was commercial fishing in Bristol Bay. Thanks for being here, folks. Take care of each other.
5: Good at masters they come to town with the lies that their trade will bring a one-time job a short-term check for a hundred salmon streams and when the spill comes down
6: They've been our guests for days. Send them off in style, the Sweet Lilies.
3: Okay, listeners, we're going to travel today to the foot of Lake Iliamna, where it flows into the Quijack River. We know many of you might uh, have an abstract idea of where and what Bristol Bay is. And here's an opportunity to visit the world's greatest remaining salmon stronghold, and experience a culture deeply connected to this place through the voice of our salmon champion and friend, Lydia Olympic.
7: Olympic. I belong to Igiagic. I'm a former tribal president of Igiagic Village Council. Also, I I was an advocate for the anti-pebble campaign. We've lived here forever. This is the only place we know of as home. We don't say, oh, we've been here, this... we belong to the land here. We're at Lake Ilyamna, which is the largest freshwater lake in Alaska, drains into the Kwijak. It's the perfect, perfect location. We're on the lake and the river. When I grew up in Igiagic, we didn't have electricity, we didn't have running water, we didn't have any of the outside influences. So we, true, we went to school, but we still lived by the seasons. March was, is still one of our favorite months because it's starting to get warmer and we're starting to think about spring and we're starting to think about upcoming salmon season. In the spring is also time to gather greens, whether it's wild celery, wild spinach, and then it would be salmon season and then berry season. Salmon was and still is a huge Part of our diet. We got ready for salmon in May by getting our celiac ready, Uh, whether it's taking out the old gravel and putting new gravel in or changing out poles or washing the fishing poles that you hang the salmon on and doing little things like that, mending the net, just getting it ready.
2: Dave, can we pause here for a second? I don't know what a celiac is. I haven't heard that word.
3: Well, Satchel, I have it on good authority. Uh, mostly because Lydia told me. The saliac is the fish-splitting table that families construct and maintain over time to process the fish harvested during that summer migration when those bright, shiny fish are swimming back upstream to spawn in their natal streams.
2: Okay, cool. So it's just like the central work table of fish camp. Exactly. Thank you.
7: Because once a salmon hit, it hit fast and furious, and we only had enough time to, you know, get so so much fish. The fish came and went in, and right after the salmon season was always berry season. We picked at least sixty gallons. Start off with salmon berries, and then blueberries, blackberries, cranberries, high bush cranberries. Those were the main berries we picked. Once the berries are done, then it moves right into uh, caribou and moose season. When when I was a kid, fish camp seemed so far away, but it was—it's not even five minutes walking. We moved from one end of the village right up to the lake. Our family had a little fish camp house and smokehouse and cache, and we stayed there. Never went down into the village. As kids, we didn't have the four wheelers. We had a. We had a little skiff, but we didn't have the four-wheelers. So we, as children, packed the fish to the anitok, which is a rack, and we cut the backbones for the dogs, save the backbones for the dogs, um, hang them, you know, carry them to the uh, anitok and um, hang them over, carry the fish to the smokehouse, to the brine. Nowadays, we can, at home, we just put it on a four-wheeler Climb the hill because the landscape has changed our smokehouse is now on a hill versus right where it was flat where where we had it before the river changed so much it took out our it took out our fish camp it took out our cache and it took out our old smokehouse. Uh, my family built the next smokehouse on top of the hill above where our fish camp used to sit, and then not only that now that we have Four wheelers and, and whatnot. We still stay in our homes, our home, winter homes or year round home, and then wo- go up to the fish or where our fish camp used to be, used to be, and work on our fish from there, and then go home at night. <laughs> I wrote an editorial for Bristol Bay Times, and it talked about our fish splitting table, and how it knew our sorrows and joys. We've learned a lot of values from Fish Camp, working hard together, family, how community is important. I went to school at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and that winter, that March, we lost my older sister, Anisha, tragically. And I noticed when I called home, Mom or my sister's, we never mentioned her name. Or my nieces just, it was like, let's not talk about her or say her name. And even I couldn't, you know, say, talk about her. But that uh, summer, we're working on our, we're working, you know, we're standing around the fish splitting table. And that's what made me write the story because the table has heard. You know, we're working together as a family, splitting fish and splitting fish, because you're doing at least 100 a day. And the very first day as a family, we have kids running around, you know, helping out, and the older kids watching the younger kids while we work on fish. And I, um, we were really quiet. And you could feel, I could feel we could feel the heaviness in the air of missing her, of missing someone, because she would be around the table with us. And I finally, I finally, I had to say, we haven't said Anisha's name. I said, Anisha should be here with us. And we all had a good cry and we all agreed. And we and Mom was like, Anisha's here with us. Which led to the healing process, I believe. Because we started telling Anisha stories. Because she was hilarious at fish camp. <laughs> Pulling pranks and such. And being goofy. So we started telling Anisha stories. And I felt like, for me, that was... My, my healing place, I started to heal, and I, and I could say her name without crying. Our fish-splitting tables throughout Alaska are like ours. It knows of our sorrows. It knows of our joys. It connects us, you know, as a family because we're working together. It teaches, you know, communication and values of working together. I feel like we need more than ever now. Just working together, you know, for survival. Back then, we needed that fish to survive throughout the winter. Salmon's in our DNA, and we need salmon more than ever. I feel like I can't stress that enough because we don't want to lose that. And it really binds the community together, I feel. I feel it in Igadic. I went back home um, less than a month ago, just to see everyone working together and to see the transparency in the tribal government and leadership that we have and always had that leads us into into the right direction.
3: While the faces and the locations and even some of the equipment has changed over time, this annual rhythm has been repeated at this location for millennia.
7: You know, the the big thing down in America and the US now is farm to table. Let's do our organic things and go to a restaurant and pay extra for farm to table. It's fresh, it's fresh from the farm to your table. Well, we've been practicing that for thousands of years. It's fresh from the river to our table. It's fresh from the land to our table. And we, uh, as the Native people, we've been doing that for eons. Just now. Duh, it's catching on in the lower 48, catching on in the cities. Hey, learn from us. We've been doing it for a long time. (laughs) We've been doing it, and I feel like they're trying to threaten us with this proposed mine.
3: As long as I've known Lydia, she's been an advocate for protecting her home. Even before the Pebble Mine was a concern, she had been selected to be on an advisory council to the Environmental Protection Agency about environmental impacts on native lands.
7: I was, I was elected to be the vice chair of, of this National Tribal Caucus and as, national tra- as vice chair, executive committee, I got to travel to different parts of Indian country down in the lower 48. And the number one problems they had was their environment being polluted by mines, open pit mines. So I started learning more and more about open pit mines. And wow, what do you know? All of a sudden, proposed pebble project pops up and scared the living shit out of me, I kid you not. And then what was so bad was not very many people knew what what it would do, you know, they, because we're so trusting. They were like, oh, yeah, we could work together. They were going around telling us fishing and mining could go hand in hand. And it was very pleasant at first. They'd come to the village and... They had meetings with us, and I could see some council members were like, yeah, I could work together, whereas I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait up. <laughs> I just came back from Nevada with the Shoshone Paiute, and they, they're talking about the impacts to their lands by open pit mines. And we, they started calling us fear mongers, the select few who were so outspoken and say adamant and saying, no, you can't do this. You can't rush this process. People need to be educated about it. I was like, I, we have every right to be fearful. This is our lands. This have been our lands. This land has sustained us, has taken care of us for thousands of years have every right to be fearful. I don't appreciate be, being called a fear You have to look at it all, at all angles. They promised jobs. They promised better living. And then come to find out that they don't offer you. We're not going to get the good jobs. The people from the outside, are get, the ex, uh, mining experts are going to get good jobs. They're going to take their money and leave. I hate it when they call us poverty-stricken. We're not poverty-stricken. You know, we're rich. We're rich. We're rich in our lands and what, what it offers in our culture. We're rich in tradition. We're rich in, you know, being able to, uh, having fresh water. We're rich in, in so many ways, having the freedom to go out and do this. Getting a salmon, getting a moose, getting a caribou, going out berry picking, you know, pristine environment, fresh air, therapy, you know, berry picking for me is therapy. I've already picked what, uh, we picked over 20 gallons of blueberries. It's so satisfying. We're not poor, you know?
2: How do Alaskans protect these natural places where we can still live in relationship to the land?
3: Lydia has ideas.
7: Continue to practice what we've been doing. You know, show them, hey, we're still doing this. Show the world we're still practicing this thousands of years later. We're still thriving, we're still healthy because we have a healthy environment. We've Always practice farm-to-table uh, subsistence. We st- we're still practicing that. Continue to do that. Continue to teach our young people of this. Continue to educate out- outsiders. Every chance I get, I, I educate someone, you know? Keep the pressure on social media, elected representatives, teaching the young, which is heartening to see that there's so many young people that already know this, you know? They already know that they don't want this. We're not even thinking about it, but it's impacting the young people. Yes, because I feel like it's traumatizing them to think of this looming over their little heads, you know. My little niece has been anti-pebble from, you know, from the time she was born. And, and then to have this over her all her eight years of her, of her little life, you know, and, and just to see them, oh, they love, they love this way of life. Their little faces just light up and, you know. I, uh, my niece has little twins and the little Addie Cakes is four now, but she was taking a little rock and pretending, cut grass, pretending it was a nulok and she's cutting fish. You know, that's precious. They're the ones that are coming up next. And, it, and and in fact Pebble has makes makes me more determined than ever to keep hiding them. We just want them to go away. Why don't you listen to us and go away? We don't want you here. We never wanted them here. Just go away. If you truly want to listen to oh we listen to you, we listen to the people. you're not listening to the people. If you're not gone, you should have been gone by now. If you're truly listening to us, the people, you'd be gone by now.
3: Thank you, Lydia Olympic, our salmon champion for this episode. Thanks for introducing us to your home and the things you love and what it's like to be a part of a natural system that's provided for you and your family and your culture for generations.
2: You know, the denial of the pebble permit is huge. It puts us in such a good position, and it is something to celebrate. But we know that the Pebble Limited Partnership is not just going away. They're tenacious. They've already appealed the decision to the Army Corps of Engineers, and the state of Alaska has joined them. It's up to us to ensure that not only the pebble mine is never developed, but that no other mining projects can threaten Bristol Bay. So... It's so exciting to be in a place where a federal administration has rejected a massive mining permit in Bristol Bay. And we know in order for Bristol Bay to be protected for the long haul, we need more protections. We need more legal action. So let's take this time to celebrate, and let's remember that Bristol Bay still needs all of our support no matter what happens next.
3: Stay tuned to a future episode of Salmon Fest Radio When we'll visit with our friend Rachel James, who can give us a play-by-play of how we got here and what potential permanent protection could be and what that would mean.
2: All right, Dave, we're going to transition into our Jammin' for Salmon set now, and we're going to keep it Alaskan today. We want to thank all Alaskans for making their voice heard and continuing to make their voice heard in support of protecting Bristol Bay and this place we all know is sacred and special to our state.
6: Salmon Fest festival grounds, come on over to the ocean stage. We've got music, we've got three days of fish love and music. Hey, you know why you're all here? You're here to protect a very important natural resource in Alaska that has been indigenous to this area forever. The salmon of Alaska are so important to everybody. We've been using them for years. We've been with them for years. And there's another group that is indigenous to this area, and that is an important resource for us to foster. Artists and musicians, are they not a natural resource? They really are. They're people who keep us on the creative side and we've got a wild bunch right here that's keeping us on the creative side. Are you ready for some music? I am too, because we've got the best natural resource all rolled up in one band right here. They are subaquatic. They are fish punk exotic. He is the cod father of Salmon Fest, Rachel and the Ratfish Wranglers.
1: i bien gonna
0: i receive, but remember my children, and never spare that, that rod when you're searching. searching.
2: The next song we're going to play for you was recorded actually in the campground of Salmon Fest in 2018 when Cook Inlet Keeper had the opportunity to sit down with Hope Social Club and not only hear a little jam for salmon, but also talk about salmon habitat and why it's so important to protect it. We're going to recycle that number and play it for you now. Here's Wild and Free.
1: Run to the mountains Or run to the sea Just live your dreams Be wild and free I know a guy Who plays the blues he sings every sad song Like he's born them soon now he's out on the road Just burning it down Making everybody Dancing everybody. Bye now. If I, I ever, ever love you once, I'll love you all I know. Reason I write and sing these songs. So just find your, your voice, voice and sing along.
2: jam you may have heard of called Fishing in the Dark. It was a cover performed by the Alaskan band Juno Smile. Now we're going to hear another Alaskan favorite, Blackwater Railroad Company.
1: She keeps me working on night
0: leaving me on this busy and it's hard to see I'm in they I'm a My love might not put food on my table But she's always willing and able It's hard to see exactly what I've learned Investing all this time and no return My love for days of all and now When evening comes, I still have my doubts She ain't
1: afraid It's
3: It's time for us to get out of here.
2: We hope you enjoyed your Salmon Fest Radio Fix. We'll be back in another couple weeks.
3: But before we go, let's thank the people and the organizations that have made this episode possible
2: we want to thank the voices we featured today ryan schmidt for being a committed and talented alaskan artist and advocate ali rosenbluth for conducting the ryan schmidt interview
3: lydia olympic our salmon champion and a voice you didn't hear zoe kramer who interviewed lydia
2: thank you to our local radio partner kbbi for their support and guidance
3: And, of course, Cook Inlet Keeper, the mothership from which we are broadcasting or recording.
2: (laughs) And, at that matter, Salmon Fest, the team that we wouldn't have any of this without.
3: Yeah, who could forget Salmon Fest? We'd have to rename this whole program.
2: (laughs) Pastor Tim and Brian Belay for being dedicated musical recorders during Salmon Fest 2019.
3: And, of course, Kira Hardy, our intrepid producer, editor, and overachiever. We're your hosts, Dave Applin.
2: And Satchel Pondolfino.
3: And until next time, Spawn spawn on, Alaska.
4: Alaska. (laughs) This is Banjo Ryan, and you're listening to Salmon Fest Radio.